This is Jesus, born into poverty in an insignificant corner of a conquered nation. This is Jesus, a traveling preacher, a homeless outcast called crazy and possessed. This is Jesus, another hopeless rebel, mocked and beaten, hung on a cross to die. This is Jesus, another lifeless body, stuffed into a borrowed tomb, soon to be forgotten. Is this really Jesus? It's always helpful if I turn the microphone on, I find. Okay, I think we're on now. Hopefully that bang was a good sign. I'm grateful tonight for the, the, the sunshine and the stained glass windows streaming through. It's making me feel like we should do service this time of night all the time. But I guess we can't always guarantee that the sun is going to be with us, so it's probably a bad idea. But, but Jesus is. Right, this is what the sign in our lobby uh, has said now for the last several weeks. It's Jesus is, and then we've invited you to go in and, and fill in the blanks. And, and you all have done a great job doing your part. You filled in all of the, the white space, the empty space on that great big sign with all kinds of colorful and encouraging messages as you completed that thought. Jesus is. Tonight's service, though, is a little bit different than all of those warm, fuzzy, colorful thoughts that you put on our sign out there. Tonight, we remember... All right, how about now? Is the mic on? Yes, sir. Jeremiah is telling me no, it's not. All right, maybe not in the live stream. Hey, Anthony, do we have a handheld I can use? Thank you, sir. We'll use that as a backup, I apologize. But again, tonight's service is different because it is one of the few nights in history where we're actually able to make one of these Jesus is statements. On any other night for all of creation, it would have been untrue. It's a statement that when I say it, I, I don't like saying it out loud. Thank you, sir. And I'm sure it's a statement that you guys also don't enjoy hearing either. Those that were closest to Jesus, his mother, his disciples, they would all be left this evening with the, the same Jesus is confession that they would need to be make, made on this one particular Friday night as they would reflect back on what had transpired over the last 24 hours. As they sat here on this Friday in this moment of darkness and pain and loss, they would have to say words that, quite honestly, they, they may have thought would never have to come from their lips. As they would sit and they would say, Jesus is dead. Jesus is buried. Jesus is broken. Jesus is sealed in a tomb. Jesus is gone. Not one of you wrote that on our board out there, did you? I sure hope not. If you did, we'll talk later. You did not write that on our board because you know what happens next. 
But, but what we're here for tonight is to give ourselves the opportunity to sit in the uncomfortable. Right? Tonight, we want to not just jump ahead to the sunrise of Sunday morning. And I know to a lot of people that hear me say that, that say, let's stay and let's sit in the uncomfortable, that just sounds plain silly, doesn't it? Right? Why take our time? Why come and gather together to remember that Jesus was dead? That Jesus was buried, that Jesus was broken, that Jesus was sealed in a borrowed tomb, and that Jesus was gone. The truth is, if you know the good news, you don't have to be sad. You don't have to allow yourself to sit in the uncomfortable. But like you have heard me say before, there is truth to the fact that sometimes tasting something bitter will make that bite of something sweet that much more delectable. Sometimes sitting alone in the dark makes the sun that much more brilliant when you step outside. And sometimes, sometimes remembering the trauma, sometimes remembering the pain and the suffering will, will make you that much more grateful for your joy and your peace and your hope that you'll be reminded of this Sunday morning. I know that you know the good news of Sunday. And the truth is, as we, we look back at Good Friday, maybe those closest to Jesus, maybe they should have also known better. We, we've been given this power of hindsight. But, but what I see in Scripture is based upon the actions of, of those that were closest to Christ that Friday evening, how they acted Friday evening, how they acted all day Saturday, and, and even how they acted that Sunday morning, I don't think they felt very hopeful. We can tell, we can deduce from their actions what it was that they felt at that moment. What they thought of as they sat there and they stewed in their houses all day Saturday. As it just kept running through their mind as they could not believe it that Jesus was dead. That he was buried and that he was gone. And they must have thought that it was indeed finished. Right? Not the, it is finished, that death had been defeated, that Jesus had resurrected, and that there was now hope for all sinners. They must have thought, no, the hope that we had in this man, it is finished. They must have thought that their joy that they had found of following this man, that it was finished. Their friend and their teacher, the one who many of them had come to know of as the Son of God, they watched as he hung on a cross. They watched as nails pierced his hands and pierced his feet. They watched as he was mocked and they watched as he was beaten. As he was beaten and mocked and tortured by ignorant people who had no idea what they were doing. They also watched as he was betrayed. They watched as his side was pierced. They saw this with their own eyes. They saw that Jesus was dead. And such a, a brutal, embarrassing, unfit way for any man to die. Nonetheless, the one that you call rabbi, the one you call friend, or the one that you call son. You see, it was finished. And they acted like it was finished. One follower of Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea, it was not a good Friday for Joseph. 
Matthew calls Joseph a disciple in his gospel. In Mark and Luke, they say that, that Joseph was one who was seeking God. And at the sight of Jesus' broken body that was hanging on a cross, what was Joseph's reaction? Did Joseph stand up and tell everyone, hey, stay calm. This is only a temporary setback. Don't worry about it. Did, did he boldly proclaim there in public that Jesus would rise again? No, what Joseph thought to himself in that moment is the least that I can do is I can secure his body before the Sabbath. The least I can do is make sure that this great man's body receives a burial that, that is at, at minimum respectable. See, just yesterday, Joseph thought that he was following Jesus to the kingdom of God. And on Friday night now, he was dragging his body to a tomb. Friday was not a good Friday for Joseph. How about the women? We are told in all of our Gospels were there watching that day. Whether up close or from a distance, it's many of these same women that would come back on that Sunday morning. And each Gospel gives us a little different account of who the women were that were there, but we see some names always pop up. We know that Mary Magdalene was there. We know that Mary, Jesus' mother, was there. We're told in one of the Gospels that Joanna was there. Joanna was an important financial backer of Jesus' ministry. Uh, depending on how you read it, it's even possible that there was a third Mary there, just to make things as confusing as possible. But it was all of these women who knew Jesus well. All of them that knew Jesus well enough that maybe we should say, well, you should have known better. Joanna followed Jesus so closely that she was willing to part with earthly riches in order to support him. We know that Mary Magdalene left behind her entire life, left behind what she knew to follow Jesus. We know that Mary, his mother, she would have still remembered those angelic visits telling her that in her womb was the Son of God. But they didn't stand up and say, no need for concern. I know it looks bleak now, but I promise this is just part of the plan. Right? Go home, guys. Nothing to see here. No, what we're told they did is they wept. They were broken that Friday night. And when they returned Sunday morning to that tomb, they did not come expecting to find an angel proclaiming good news. They had come to dress a body. Friday was not a good Friday for any of those ladies. And then we come to his disciples. Right? These disciples were the men who had spent the most time with Jesus. These are the ones that had heard him teach. These are the ones that had heard all of the parables. These are the ones that had seen all of the miracles. They saw the masses get fed when there was not enough food. They watched as Jesus walked on water. They saw him cure the sick and the lame. Some even witnessed him bring the dead back to life. They learned at his feet. They were there when Peter would proclaim that, that good confession that we all have repeated here as well. It's found in Matthew 16. It's verses 13 through 17. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, 
Others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We hear that, and we imagine that of anyone, the disciples would be the ones who would not be able to plead ignorance. But that Friday afternoon, as their entire world crashed down upon them, do we witness them saying, hey guys, it's okay. This is just a speed bump. Why don't we just all plan to get together Sunday morning, and I'm sure by then, Jesus will be back, and everything will be back to normal. No, that's not what we see. Friday was not a good Friday for these men. Mark 16 tells us that at the news of the resurrection, when it reached them for the first time, they did not believe it. John's gospel goes into more detail in chapter 20, verse 19. It says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Friday was so bad that the men who would be charged to go and spread the gospel to the entire world found themselves gathered, hiding in a locked room, fearing what men might do to them. These men were not walking in confidence. They were not walking in power. What we see all of these eyewitnesses, all of these who were close to Jesus, we see them making burial plans. We see them hiding. These are not the actions of people who just had a good Friday. They are not the actions of people who are looking forward to something with anticipation. Right? These are the, the actions of men and women who are defeated and who are broken. They're the actions of men and women who are fearful and are in mourning. These are men and women who are processing a traumatic loss. And they're trying to understand the simple question, was this really it? Right? Could our Messiah, could he, he really be dead? I mean, he gave up without any type of fight. He, he wouldn't even let us help him. We watched as he, he walked right into their trap. Like a sheep being led to the slaughter, he didn't even make a sound. And I can't help but wonder if, if they sat there in that locked room, if their minds, as they were filled with all of these dreadful images of the last uh, few days, do you think that Isaiah 53, do you think it ever crossed their mind that day? That's where my mind goes. This scripture is not going to be up on the screen behind me. I'm just going to read it to you here. Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 10. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I know for all of us who are sitting in this room tonight, there's no cliffhanger ending that I can offer you. I can't end tonight by simply just saying, Jesus is dead. But wait, there's more. Come back Sunday. It it doesn't work like that. This is a story that has no need for spoiler alerts. We know that joy and that hope would be restored. We know that they would be restored and they would be available to all and they would be available abundantly. But tonight, don't forget how dark things were before the sun rose on that Sunday morning. We need to be reminded of this. We need to be reminded that this weekend, it is not all about the Easter baskets and the bunnies and the candy and the delicious ham dinner that we are all waiting for. Part of the remembrance of this weekend is also the remembrance of something dark and something brutal as well. Crucifixion was an absolutely horrendous way to die. Death is something that does touch all of our lives, though. It's safe to assume that all of us sitting in this room tonight, we have tasted loss. Someone close to us, we have lost before. It's something that if we are blessed to live long enough, we all will experience. It's a universal part of this human experience while we are in this temporarily broken world. We learn that life is short. We learn that it can be fragile. We learn that sometimes it feels very fleeting. Some of us who have lost people close to us, it's simply because of age. We've watched as time is undefeated. Some of us have lost ones that we love to disease, and we've had to watch as the sickness ravages their body. And I know that there are people that are sitting in this room tonight who have also lost ones they love to tragedy. And again, I am so sorry that we do have to live in, again, this temporarily broken world. I'm I'm so sorry that it requires us to have to mourn the loss of people who we love dearly. But again, if you truly want to understand just how dark Good Friday was, you might need to think back to that loved one that you have lost. And I know just at the sound of that sentence, there are people in this room that will recoil because you've worked very hard over the days and weeks and months and years to repress those feelings, to push those thoughts aside so you could just get through another day. But it's important that we remember these, these, these people we talk about during Good Friday, they are real men 
And they are real women just like you and I. This is a historical event. Men and women who loved exactly like you do. These are men and women who have emotions exactly like you do, who have felt the burden of loss exactly as you have. What I'd like to do before we close is I'd like to, to bring forward uh, the, the guys who are going to help us serve communion. If I approached you this afternoon and asked you if you'd help me, if you'd come forward, I'm going to ask you to pass the trays as I'm talking. Just ignore them. Pretend they're not there. It's okay. When you get your communion elements tonight, I want you to take those elements and I want you to hold on to them so we can share and we can take those together. When you take your communion elements, there's going to be two cups, and the bottom cup is going to be the bread, the top cup is going to be the juice. If you are visiting us here at South Lake Christian Church, all who call Jesus Lord... Did I say South Lake Christian? I made it a whole year without doing that. I can't believe it. Meadowbrook Christian Church. You have no idea how many times I thought I was going to do that, and I never have. Muscle memory. If you are visiting us tonight, no matter what the name of this church is, if you call Jesus Christ your Lord, you are welcome to share in our time of communion with us. These real life men and women, they experienced loss on that day. They experienced a type of evil that I am blessed that I have not suffered. Knowing that someone I love was lost, and not just lost, but that they were taken from me by evil, by anger, and by hate. And I think that's why it is so easy to get choked up here. Because we do start to remember, like the words of that song that we just sung, that, that we played a part in hanging Christ on that cross, of making those who loved him experience those emotions. Right? It was not just purely some, some act of fate or destiny. It was not a coincidence or a mistake. It was the will of the Father that a way would be made so that a sinner like Daniel could be redeemed and could be adopted. All of my sin, both the intentional sin that I have committed and that natural sin that is just ingrained inside of me, it's my sin that forced those nails into his hands. It was because God loved me so much that another man had to be humiliated and murdered. Right, And I'm not used to carrying around that kind of guilt. I'm not used to carrying around that type of burden. I've seen sacrifice before in my life, of course, but I have not seen any sacrifice like this. Right? No one has ever agreed in my life to be stripped and beaten for me. There's no one else in my life that has ever agreed to be spat upon for me. No one has ever offered to have a crown of thorns pushed into their head for me. No one else has ever hung on a cross struggling to breathe for me. But Jesus did all of that for me. As you have your communion elements in your hand tonight, I would encourage you to just stop, to block everything else out, 
and just take a moment and sit in the truth that all of that pain and all of that suffering that Christ felt that fateful Friday that we now call good, it was done for you. Remember his blood was spilled for you. Remember his mother wept because of you. That his friends hid in fear and they mourned because of you. That Jesus Christ, who at any moment could have called down a legion of angels to rescue him, that he did not because he loved you. God so loved you that he sent his son to the earth, that if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. The price to save you was steep, but God paid it that Good Friday. As I see our servers have finished passing the elements, we're going to take those together now. We'll first have a brief moment of silence. We will take those elements, and then we're going to close in song. After our closing song, you are dismissed to head back out, and I look forward to seeing you back Sunday morning. Let's just take a moment and let's sit in remembrance of Jesus Christ.